Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I was and still very much am a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Emily Carver. Oh, gosh. Okay. Try not to get emotional talking about Emily because she's just the flipping best. <laughs> Emily and I met in an online improv class and uh, oh yeah, this class was something special. If you were there, you know, shout out to the Stevens of Steven University. <laughs> Emily and I kept in touch ever since this class, along with, you know, quite a lot of us from this class have kept in touch and continue to take online, online improv classes together. Emily has a really lovely, intense story to tell about her journey into acting. She had a career in the visual arts prior to turning into the lovely actor that she is today. She also was a mom prior to becoming an actor, obviously still is a mom. But I think a big part of her story is her journey to sobriety and her journey through the rehab process. So we talk about this a lot in this episode. So massive trigger warning. We talk about addiction, alcohol addiction, rehab, sobriety, mental health, therapy, everything like that. So take a look at the timestamps below if uh, you want to skip through those parts because it can be pretty intense, I know. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Emily Carver, I am your number one fan. I will be El Presidente of your fan club forever and ever and ever. Get me my bumper sticker. (laughs) Please enjoy the lovely, the incredible Emily Carver. class was and we were just it was the best it ruined us it was the best i know so i get like i told you i just started improv too and you know yeah. how it's so exciting when they when they kind of bring everyone onto the screen you're like who's gonna be in my class and leah's in the class shut it we both were like oh, that i've had when i said that i was like maybe a steve will pop up and it was the best oh, we were like, it was so good so to see good. a familiar face yeah. Yes, it, it's mm-hmm. comforting. It is. Because I, I did improv too. I didn't actually make it through the whole class. I had to drop out because of some schedule stuff that changed mm-hmm. in the fall. But I think Bjorn and Laura and um, Aaron were all in the class, <gasps> so which was even harder to drop uh, yeah. because we were all there together. And if it wasn't mm-hmm. for a global pandemic, I know we never would have had this really interesting community form. Agreed. The communities in my life right now are pretty much mostly stemmed from COVID, wow. like online world. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, yeah, I feel like I've had opportunities, especially like going to Second City. I mean, I wasn't going to go to Chicago or LA yeah. or Detroit at this time in my life. Like, what an opportunity for us to be able to have access to classes at this world-renowned space, you know? I hope they continue it because I hope they see the value of having people. And I think, I think they will, not just Second City, but lots of other classes that you can take, right? The value of being able to bring people from all around the world. And like you were saying, like, yeah, I'm semi close to Toronto, which has a Second City Center, but Uh like, if I don't have to drive down there and I can interact with people from all over the world taking improv together, I'm going to do that. Oh, it's just so great. I agree. And I just didn't understand how improv or any of that could even work online, but somehow Mm -hmm. it does. And yeah, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Well, yeah. Tell me your story. Like what brought you from where you were to where you are? And then as an aside, why did you take an improv class? (laughs) Okay. So my first act, I guess, in my adult life after college and graduate school, I really just wanted to be a mom. Like, that's really what I wanted. And so I, you know, was very fortunate. I, you know, I got married. I have three children that are all teenagers now. So I've been a full-time mom. And, you know, I can't say I loved all of it. It's lots of it is really hard, but I have loved it. And I have felt I don't know, very fulfilled. I don't know if that sounds corny, but truly, like, I just adore my children. But right now, they are all away at school. Two of them, my um, two of my boys are away at boarding school and my daughter's away at college. So my life kind of opened up 
earlier than I had anticipated. Um, I mean, I'm kind of an empty nester, even though I still have two kids in high school and they're coming back and forth on breaks. And I had been preparing myself mentally for when my children leave. Um, but, you know, I just had to get on a little sooner. And I had started, I guess, really, my work started when I got sober. I got sober about four and a half years ago. And that was really when I took like a very strong deep dive into figuring out who I am, who I am, like between being a mom and then alcohol really coming in and like, I don't know if, um, how to explain it. You know, alcohol just really took over my life and I was using it to numb a whole bunch of things. And it had really ramped up towards the end of me, um, of my drinking. And I just, I felt so lost and I had, I didn't know what to do. I think the idea of going to rehab was so like, I don't fit in that world. That's for like super broken drug addicts, you know? And I just was like, finally one day I just broke down and dragged myself to rehab. And that was when I started my journey. I was able to stop drinking and I'm telling a little bit of that story because I truly feel like the recovery world for me was a very misunderstood world. Like I really did think of it as like this sad place where people who just almost were hopeless and like had to give up alcohol or drugs. And then their life was just kind of sad after that. And it's totally the opposite. Like I love being sober. I love the recovery world. I have so many friends and connections. And so I think having that basis of just stepping into a community that I totally misunderstood going into this world of acting or performing um, felt less scary because I was like, I don't know, I'm just being led here. And to answer your question about why I took an improv class is I had slowly been, you know, part of some of the stuff you do in recovery is you go back your childhood and all these things, you know, what, what got lost over the years And definitely something for me was performing. I had always loved uh, dressing up, putting on little skits, doing the school play. I didn't do the school plays in high school. I think I had become too self-conscious and just either wasn't in the right group or wasn't getting the right nudging, you know, but I, I, I looked back and I thought that's something I missed. Like if I thought about it, it fired me up, you know? So it was just kind of listening, following little bread, like little breadcrumbs along the way. I remember I was listening to a podcast that had Amy Sedaris on it, and she was talking about her time at Second City. And I kept hearing Second City, Second City. And so I kept, I I had been taught, um, listen, listen for those little messages that come and then repeat themselves. So this was during COVID and I got online. I was like, I'm just going to look up Second City. I know very little about it. And lo and behold, they were offering online classes. And uh, I mean, I was scared. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't belong in this world. Um, But I signed up. And then as soon as I got on, I was like, you know what? This is improv one. I'm assuming everyone in this class hasn't done improv. And then as soon as we all introduced ourselves, it was like, oh, (laughs) most people have done little to nothing, you know, in the acting world. So I felt immediately at home, you know, there. And um, I continued, did a comedy writing class through Second City, which I loved. Do you think, because you had mentioned you'd done some performing when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Was there a undercurrent of creativity throughout your life that brought you into Second City? Or was it just that podcast and kind of some recollections lectures that you kind of had brought up in, in recovery that kind of started that breadcrumb trail? Or was there always a little bit there? Yeah, that I am so glad you asked that question because absolutely, I have always been a creative person. Um, I think with the performance aspect that just didn't, like I said, get maybe as nurtured. Um, I can tell a short story in a second about 
where that got cut off completely. But yes, I was creative. I always loved drawing. When I went to college, I was a fine arts major, which is studio art and art history. And I kind of joke because I, I did really well in school until about high school. And then my grades started slipping. And I don't know, my two of my children have learning differences, dyslexia, ADHD, that sort of thing. And I have never gotten myself tested, but I wonder if maybe I had some in high school was that time when it finally started really being noticeable. And so I did, I just didn't like school. I liked being at school, but there were parts of it that were just hard. So when I went to college, I pretty much went like, I can go to college if I study art. So, and the art, the fine arts degree was like what I call art history and studio art light because it was not a dual degree. It was like half of each made this degree. It was like, you know, I I got through, Um, but I really focused on the visual arts. That became a place where I got really comfortable. I went to graduate school um, for an an MA and an MBA, and my MA was in arts administration. So it was a double dual degree program to help arts organizations. You know, a lot of times artists, you know, that side of our brain, the business side is just not maybe not as strong as the artistic side. And I love that as well. I mean, the MBA side kicked my butt. I was like losing my hair. I was like, what am I talk about like a fish out of water? I was like, I don't understand what you're like. It's like they were speaking another language to me, but I made it through. But I kind of kept it was like I kept going on this in this art world, but I was never fully excited. You know, like I really liked it, but I didn't really want to be an artist. I loved being around other artists, um, but it was just like, it just was never there. Um, So the aside story of where I think I really went off the rails with the performance was there must have been a little voice inside me. This was around, I, I don't remember if it was high school or college in between those times, but I knew I know I could drive because I drove myself to, I think it was like a talent agency and I had to go do an audition for them. And I, mean, I did not know what I had do, was doing. I, you know, I was like as prepared as I could be. I didn't tell anyone I was doing it. I showed up, did the thing. I mean, I was just like, I left that thing going, you're done. Like I, blew it. I did such a terrible job. And like that teenage, just like, I mean, I burned myself to the ground. It was like, that's it. You're not supposed to be an actor. And that it, I closed that door, like shut it, locked it, bolted it. It was done. But now in the space where I am now, I mean, you can tell just when I'm talking, like I get excited when I talk about being in the acting world. I had really, like, I'd say about a year and a half ago, I started throwing around the term creative collaboration. That kept coming to me, did not know what that meant. I just kept hearing, that's what I want. I want creative collaboration. And that is what I found in this world. Because, I mean, talk about a space where it is so many people, um, I mean, the work that I've done on background on TV and movie requires, you know, hundreds of people to make that stuff happen. Creative collaboration. I was like, this is not what I pictured. I kind of thought for a while I was going to go down the path of writing and I still want to do that. I really enjoy writing, but I'm finding I get the most thrill from being in the acting space. Like I'll be driving to the, to the job and I am flying. I am like, I know I'm just going to be sitting in a tent, not know what I'm doing. I don't know what's about to happen. It's cold. You know, it's going to be a long day and I am psyched. Like, so I'm like, okay, I listened to that voice just telling me, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where this is taking me, but I, I can't ignore that. That's yeah. that feeling that I'm getting now in this space. Mm-hmm. So you fail once. Okay. The universe says I'm not meant to do this. Close the door. You wanting to be in this world of acting where there will be failure left, right? And center. 
But for it to now empower you and make you excited and say, okay, yeah, I'll fail. That's all right. That's just another kind of way to, it's just another thing that's going to happen. It's just another day. It's just another Tuesday. Where did that mindset shift happen? Well, I think, you know, some of that does come with age. You know, you do start realizing, you know, you've, I've failed so many times in my life already, you know, and I, and I'm still here, you know, I'm still okay. I still have friends. I, you know, still have people that like me. Um, and I think I have practiced over the years in my recovery group and in a coaching group that I'm in, just really putting myself out there and like letting things drop as they may and mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, I'm not for everyone, you know, not everybody's going to like me, which was very painful for me. (laughs) Not everybody is going to like me. I am not for everyone. And I'm still growing in that space for sure. But I think the the courage or the understanding, especially that I'm learning in this world, like even just answering calls, casting calls that I get every single day and some I'll get excited about and then you never hear anything. And it's just like, all right, this is just part of the drill. It has nothing to do with me. They're looking for someone specific, you know, and I'm still learning. I don't have a lot of experience. So they may have wanted to choose someone that had more experience. And so, you know, I don't know if I answered that question fully, but I do. I think I'm just really trying to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep going. And if the doors keep opening and You know, like I said, the breadcrumbs as big or microscopic as they are, if I just keep nibbling along, then I'm doing the right thing. Do you think if that audition that you had back in the day, if it had (laughs) gone well in your eyes or anything, or if you had gotten the job, what do you, do you think you would have just kept going with acting or what do you think you would have happened? Oh, I've thought about that. I, you know, it's funny because life is so strange sometimes, you know, like, sure, I would love to look back and try to imagine me at that age and the trajectory of my life of what could have happened if I just had some of that, more of that in my life. And maybe I'd have, you know, 30 years plus of acting under my belt at this point. But I'm just grateful for where it is now. Like, I feel like it's come in at a space where I couldn't have asked for a better time. My life is more open. I'm available. Um, I've grown so much. I appreciate so much. I do feel like I, I want to do this for the right reasons. You know, as a younger person, there may have been a lot more ego involved, insecurities. Who knows what it could have done to me? You know, it might have actually taken me down a bad path. So I feel very strong and at this point in my life where I can handle fear, rejection, you know, don't get me wrong. It, I, you know, I, it gets to me, yeah. but I can recover faster, I think, than I would have when I was younger. Where did that come from? Recovery, definitely. And my coaching. I've been involved with coaching group for a couple of years and just the learning who I am more, um, yeah, it's been it's been recovery in my coaching for sure mm-hmm. has given me a lot of it's it's not even so much like self-confidence, it's just more of an inner knowing of who I who I am and what I'm supposed to be listening for, uh, intuition or you know, I this is a, this is a journey for me. Um this whole acting thing, I look at it as just like a more of a state, you know, more along my path. Um, and I hope that it grows. Like I have, like, I, I do yearn for, um, more work and, you know, of course I desire, you know, I, I, I hope for those things, but I also, I heard a phrase once and this may be totally corny and I'm still figuring out if it's even worth repeating in my head as much as I do. But I, I tell myself what's for me won't pass me. And I try to just keep telling myself that, you know, this is, um, maybe going back to your question about rejection and all of that. It's like, you know, usually you can look back and say, oh, okay, it was good that I didn't have that happen then because this is happening now. So, uh, 
I try to trust that, you know, if, if something is for me, then it won't pass me. Mm. It's very similar quote that I've heard more suited to like the audition piece is the role that you get was always meant for you. Mm. Like it was always going to be you. They knew even before they met you. Mm. Wow. I know that's been really helpful for me in taking some pressure off the audition where I think we can get in our our heads a lot and and overanalyze everything that goes into the casting process. But if it was, again, if it was meant to be, it was meant to be, right? Yeah. What doesn't pass you was for you, right? Yeah. And I wonder about with all the internal work you've done, it can Mm -hmm. only have helped experiences externally, right? Like, it's that kind of the idea of if you feel good about yourself on the inside, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what other people think about you. Which I think, of course, we want people to like us. But I think that does that is really helpful in a very image driven industry and Mm. an industry that we never see behind the curtain of what goes on to the casting process. So we immediately internalize it was me. It was what I did. It was wrong. They don't like me. We're really it's like, get over yourself. It's not you're not that special. Right? right. So much to do with so much to do with everything outside of you. And I yes. think that yes. can, that sen- sensation can only come from internal work, I think. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's a work, it's a daily work for me. But I think also just in the small amount of time that I've been involved in this world, seeing how nice most mm. people are. I mean, the only people that I've met that haven't been that nice are really just people who seem really stressed out, you know, like, yeah. and, or maybe they're not in their right job or, but like, for the most part, everybody I've met has been extremely supportive. Mm -hmm. And so that just kind of gives you that boost. I'll tell you a quick little story along these lines. So one of the jobs I got maybe like three weeks ago is for, was for a movie and I got called, I was so excited because it was, it was a specific background, you know, as a maid. Okay. So I was so excited because I get to be, you know, a specific person. I knew what I was getting into that day. Okay. So I drive up and, you know, they're, they're giving you the, I had, they had to do a COVID test. So they're asking me to stay in my car and all that stuff. And they said, when you're finished, come see me because you're highly featured today. And of course I'm like, panic mode, you know, what does that mean? I'm like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm highly featured. And I mean, it was like the mix of like, I think they have the wrong person because I'm pretty new. And also just like, yes, you know, like, yes. So I was highly featured. And of course I know like everything, every job I've had so far could all hit the cutting room floor. Everything I've been in could never make the production. My job was we were at a, this really rundown gross motel and I'm pushing this maid cart down the sidewalk. Just me. By myself. Everyone staring at me. Oh, the director talking to me. This is the first scene of the day. So I'm we're all waking up, you know. And I'm like, all right, this is how it happens. You just get you get thrown in the deep end, you know? And my thought was, wow, I can't wait until I take some acting classes so that I can actually know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> I think we like jumped up, jumped up a space before I had my acting classes. That's the next thing on my list is to get some classes because I really do feel like I show up sometimes and I'm like, okay, this is so awesome that I've been invited to this party with all these awesome people on this set, but like, I want to be a better contributor. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I kind of want to have that experience of acting classes, but that moment on that set where I was just like all the things I'd learned, like over the years all came together in that moment, just like breathe. And like you said, this was this, I was supposed to be here. Like, they chose me for some reason. I have no idea. I mean, there's hundreds of people that could have been chosen for this tiny little part. They chose me and it, it's been a great little step along my path. I mean, it did sort of taint me because now I'm like, I kind of want to be that person all the time. I don't really want to be the blurry person on the sidewalk. I really like to be the lady there. Um, but it was really fun. You know, I'm like that was just another 
sign that like that rocked me, you know, that jazzed me, uh, you know, since, um, since I got sober, you know, I mean, I, I've learned how to have feelings. Like I was so numb for so long that like I learn and understand like all the feelings and like, so I understand like when I have these feelings and I'm so excited, that is my sign that like, okay, well, if you want more of that, then what are you going to do? Like, what do you need to do next to, to move forward and to, to work towards having, you know, my goal right now is really, I want one line. That's all. Like I want more later, but like, I want one line. I just want that. I want to maybe get in that SAG group and (laughs) how do you get one of those? Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't matter if I never get it. It's fine. You know what I mean? But like, I have little benchmarks that are keeping me excited and just sort of, like I said, keeping my put one foot in front of the other and just venture in. This world is not this, this world of acting is a lot less untouchable than I thought it was. There's a lot of ways to get in, to be a part of the world and background is proving to be my way in to see. I thought it might have been in theater. Uh, I wasn't sure. I I um I reached out to a a woman who I had worked with like twenty years ago at the Arts Council here in New Orleans. Uh, I have so many great connections from my early days of working here in New Orleans, and she she'd run a children's theater group and been in the opera chorus here. And I just was like, who can I talk to? to find out about, that's another thing I've learned is just ask questions. Like, don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Like just start asking questions. So I reached out to her and I was like, what, what do I do? And unfortunately here in new Orleans right now, we don't have a great um, community theater. You know, it's, it's all, it's funding is an issue. And um, so she said, well, I have this other friend from opera chorus who's been doing background work for a long time. So the, th- the three of us, this guy and this woman and I all got together and got ourselves hooked up on, you know, a couple of casting groups online. And literally that afternoon I got a call um, from one of the casting companies. So it was just like, you know, it's like this ever unfolding thing. And the job just to make that story even greater, this is true. So we, the three of us met at this coffee shop to, um, to like talk about the getting, um, put, put, get our casting stuff put online. My first job was being filmed at that coffee shop and where I got placed for that shot was in the seat that I had been sitting at, at that coffee shop. And I was like texting them going like, what is happening? Like, this is really weird, but like literally, and it's a coffee shop that I really don't go to because it's in a part of town that I don't go to that often. Anyway, there are a lot of little, there's so many signs in life. I think if we always are, you know, it's always hard. It's hard to always be paying attention. Um, But uh, when you do pay attention, the signs are right there. And that's another thing that I have had to work on is working on being present in the moment. Um, And I hope that what I'm hoping is, is a lot of this work that I've done on myself can translate into this world. So I won't feel as behind as I could possibly feel being my age and just entering in, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to stop that story in my head that I'm behind, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just coming at it on my journey, you know, my way, this is how it's happening for me. And I need to stop comparing and looking around and imagining how everyone else has done it and just take a breath Mm -hmm. and go, look, this is your journey. This is what's happening. And just keep going. That's so key. Again, it's that comparison, that internal (sighs) work, comparing external Right. And how can you not compare yourself to everyone else when that's all we are bombarded with these days? I know. So do you have, do you have any advice for Mm. anyone who is considering either a shift in career 
or similar to you, finding their life a bit more open and the, uh, realizing, oh, I'm getting these happy emotions from something else. How do I get yeah. more of that? Do you have any advice? Another phrase that I tell myself that I heard on on another podcast, my friend Molly's podcast, someone was talking about staying in your lane and imagine what the world would be like if we all could stay in our lane. And that's not meaning like you can't have interests, other interests, but I think how I interpreted that was I kind of kept trying to be too many things. And I was looking around at other people and thinking like, oh, I should be doing that or I should be saving this or giving money to this or, you know, like it was just, you're so overwhelmed. There's just too many options in our world. And so for her, for this woman on this podcast to say, you know, what, what if we just stayed in our lane? And I thought, okay, so here I am. I'm, I'm, I think I've found two lanes that are for my creative collaboration. One is acting and one is writing. And that's where that's where I do best. And there are other things that I'm good at, but that's what I've found. And I've found that through trial and error, talking to people, li- like listening. If like you're listening to a podcast or you're reading a book or you're just outside and something catches your interest, like follow that. Like just don't think that anything is too small, or maybe it doesn't make sense at the moment. Like I certainly didn't sign up for, um, acting class. I mean, a, a improv class thinking I was going to be here one day, you know, it was a little breadcrumb that I followed. Oh, oh, why not? You know, why not give it a try? So my, you know, my, I guess if, you know, I'll, call it advice or just what I've done is just don't disregard anything, no matter how small it seems, just try it. Just, just take it in, see where it goes. And, you know, my journey to this day today has been, you know, years in the making, you know, I didn't just pop up here in this world. It's been little tiny steps. It's like, if I just keep walking the, the, the field kind of just keeps opening up. Do you know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. trust, just keep going. Stop with all the internal doubt, the, you know, I'm going to be 50 this summer. Like who, what am I doing? Like I'm, I'm entering into the world where it's like women are in the acting world going, this is when it's hard to get a job. And here I come. Let me see how I can do at this age. But like, I'm not afraid. Um, I'm excited. And it's where I'm supposed to be. Like, that's all I know is I'm supposed to be here. And I, um, yeah, don't, I think the stifling of those messages that can come is a, can be a problem or mm-hmm. saying like, well, who is Emily Carver? You know, what has she done to get into this world that just shut it down? Just keep going. This is your journey, your path. Nothing is too weird. Nothing is too strange. Nothing is too outside the box. Life passes, you know, and I do feel like I, I'm getting at that age where it's like, wow, okay. If I want to do something, I need to just, I need to rock it now, you know, like, whoa. nobody's going to come get me, you know, (laughs) I gotta go. I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta be excited about it. And I need people around me that are excited about it. You know, I have friends, I have support that I can share these jobs that I'm doing with because you're not really supposed to talk about it on social media. And, you know, you have to keep it all very quiet. And, but I have people who I call them my fan club. My fan club is awesome. I got the best fans in the world. <laughs> we are ready for this. Okay. You know, I mean, they say things to me. They're like, we are ready for when you go to the Oscars. Like we're there, and, you know, we're laughing, but I'm like, that's the kind of fun. Those are the people you want, no matter what world you're living in. You know, acting isn't, isn't, maybe it is for everyone. I, you know, we all, we're all storytellers in some way, but I don't know. Like, I I feel like I've got my people. Uh, I'm excited. Just 
listen, listen. I try to listen every day. I, I journal, I meditate. I've, I've been recently doing tapping again. I've got all sorts of things that I do. I do yoga very regularly, exercise to my coach Molly says when you exercise, it shifts energy in your body. And I feel it, you know, it's like I try to do all of these things to kind of keep me cleared out so that I can keep hearing, you know, what job am I supposed to be applying for? Like, just what am I supposed to be hearing today? What am I supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing? You know, I have my life right now. My life was so structured with children. You know, I, I had things I had to do every day you know, meals, taking care of them. It was very, there wasn't, there was only so much time you could like ignore a task. Things are a little more open. I have to have a lot more self-discipline. You know, life isn't happening for me. It's like, I've got to, I have to get, keep, I have to make my life happen now. And it's exciting. It's, it can have some, I mean, I have down days. You know, I have days where I feel like I can barely move. I'm so tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm lost. I'm confused. What am I doing? And then I'll have days that I'm flying, you know? Um, and that's just, I'm realizing that is just how life is. You know, I think, um, I, tr- I, I didn't feel that for so long and I feel it now. Like there's nothing to be afraid of, you know, there's darkness and there's light and it's all a part of it. And, um, don't be, I, I also am not as afraid of the days that I'm really down. This just probably means I need to rest, you know, do less, but certainly don't doubt myself. Just rest. Now I'm saying that to you now because I'm in a good mood. <laughs> when I'm in a low mood, it's hard to say those things. <laughs> you know, what am I doing? I'm, I'm a piece of shit, you know, like <laughs> voice is still there. Dang it, but that's still there. Keeping well, it we real. We have to laugh. We have to laugh at something like that because otherwise it'll just <gasps> knock you to to the ground, right? But it's such a part of the full spectrum of being a human, as corny as that is. No, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't say this as a medical professional. Mm. Acting class is not a substitute for therapy, but when you have. A spectrum, a full spectrum of emotions that you've experienced throughout your life and that you can pull from, that's mm. when acting just shines, right? Mm. Which you can only really harness those dark emotions when you have control over them and know that you can get out of them. I've learned that through my acting classes and through therapy. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, you can only really dig down and use those dark days, which are helpful, use them in the characters you produce and the acting that you do, if you're able to then get yourself out of that and recognize that the next day or whatever four days from now is going to be a light day, is going to be a happy day, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, it's so key to do all that inner mindset work, but to also feel the feelings, not only, yeah, yeah, selfishly, it'll benefit you as an actor, but also, yeah, that's you as a human being. That's the coolest part about being human. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I, it's interesting to hear you say that because, like I said, I I haven't ever taken an acting class. I mean, I, I've just I've done improv. I haven't mm-hmm. taken acting, and so that's kind of what I'm. I mean, I'm hoping that I, you know, I, obviously, I'm nervous as hell to take my first <laughs> class. Like I. The man that I reached out to, he, because they don't have a class available at the moment, but he was like, maybe, you know, one in private session. And I'm like, yes, private. Like, I'm, I'm still that nervous. Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, like, I'm not nervous, but I feel so, I just, I just need that one time where someone's like, you're doing fine. Like the, the first moment we had an improv, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, I do belong here. You know, like, I I don't, I still haven't had that, like, I need that, like, verification, like, the seal of approval. You belong here. Yeah, I, so, but anyway, I, I'm hoping, from what you said, I mean, I have done so much work. Good Lord, have I done (laughs) personal work on myself that I'm hoping that can feed 
you know, feed into what's next. You know, I, I, I am, I understand my feelings more than I did a few years ago, which is also just another reason why it just feels so meant to be that all this is happening right now. I don't think I would have appreciated it mm. until now. Mm, I like that. And, and how awesome this world is. I mean, look at us. Like we met in an improv class and we've kept in touch because our class was awesome, but like we connected and now this is creative collaboration. Like you could reach out to me and I knew you well enough to be like, wow. Okay. She's, she knows me enough to know whether or not this is the right thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's like, this is the, this is just so fun. I have met already, you know, you start seeing some of the same people on the sets and you start having, building this community. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I feel like I got into this cool, cool club. <laughs> Anyone out, please come join us. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are really lucky here in New Orleans. They do lots of filming. So, you know, I am completely aware of that, that the opportunities, there are a lot of opportunities for work. So I've been able to have, you know, I've only been at this for about four months, but I've worked on, I think, at least seven or eight different productions already with like 12 days on a set, on set total. That's a lot, I think, you know, and I mean, I feel like I've heard you talk about in your other episodes about it being like a masterclass. And it is like you really you're there. You're there with the A-listers. You're there with the directors. You're there with all of those people that it takes hair, makeup, catering, like everyone. You see Mm -hmm. everybody working together. The amount of effort it takes to make a TV episode is unbelievable. And that's only the stuff we're seeing that day on set. And it's just so cool that that many people were willing to do their jobs, do them well and meet the timelines and do all the things and to get it to where I could show up as a background actor and be a witness to this great day. And I haven't been working long enough or anything to actually be on a screen yet, but there is something premiering tonight, which is a, a series. But and I hope I'm hoping that I that I stay off the cutting room floor. Um, but I'm excited. You know, I, I've told people that truly the thrill is the being there, like the experience of the work. the The cherry on top will be this super fun moment of like, be like, that's the blurry blob is me. And I'm like, and people are like, okay, make sure and tell us. I'm like, there'll be press releases. We will be flying a sky banner. <laughs> Don't worry. You will know if I end up on the screen. You're going to be, you're going to, you know, rue the day you told me to tell you <laughs> on the screen. But anyway, You know, that's when I think I understand with age, experience, just an understanding of so much that I can actually say that with with absolute truth, that the thrill for me is the work. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's not what's going to happen on a screen. You know, it's it's working. It's being around all those people. It's the excitement. It's the unknown. It's it's seeing something that was done and you can't like, and then what happens to it when they turn it into the final product, you know, like it's like magic. It's a very inspiring environment where you really, you you really do want to step up your game. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of mentioned a little premiere that's happening tonight, but Mm. is there anything that you're looking forward to or is that it? What you're looking forward to for this 2022. Yeah, I mean, I am pretty excited about this premiere. There was there were two days on this show where there was high potential that I could be featured. So that's super fun. And it was the work. I was working directly with the main actor for two days. So I am that's 
that's super fun. But it's sort of like, I also feel like, but that already happened, you know, like, so I am kind of looking forward, like, I'm excited to see the show. But okay, so acting classes, that's tops on my list. I'm excited Mm -hmm. about that. I want to learn how to audition. I don't know how to do that. I don't, that terrifies me. Because I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I just need someone to show me, you know, I need someone to show me how to do that. I would like to keep doing background enough to where I, I have enough connections that I can maybe start asking more questions like, hey, wh- when do you audition for these these roles that have like a line or like, when does that happen? So after I've had some knowledge instilled in me, I can, I can do that. So yeah, I have those goals in mind. And then I'm also, I really am, I've been working with a creative coach around writing I was very excited about a project before Christmas and then I kind of got derailed and I haven't been able to get myself back to slow down enough to really write recently, but I love writing. I also find that very healing, just Mm. writing. And so I'd like to, I'd like to allow myself to have more space to do that. Um, I thought for a while that I had this character that I had come up with in my comedy writing class. Um, She has like the best name ever and I'm not going to tell you, but who it is yet. But I keep thinking this woman's got legs, not actual legs. Like her story has legs. She does have legs, but, um, but like, anyway, I've got like stuff in there. It's more just me getting myself to writing and, you know, getting it down. Um, so, yeah, I guess I do have, um, I have, I'd like to keep going. I really like this. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do you think your kids would say? How do they describe, oh, not, what do you think their kids would say about what you're doing? No, that's not my Gosh. question. It's um, okay. It's a reasonable question. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they're not too worried yet. <laughs> but how would they, uh, how would they describe what you're doing? For a living. Oh, not for a living. For fun. For life. For joy. What is she doing? I thought about this question because my first thought was like to think about what the people who don't really know. I'm sure they're wondering, what is Emily doing right Right. now? Like with her life, what is she doing? My kids, it would depend on which child you were talking about probably. But they would say she's, they would just probably say she's doing acting on TV shows. Or something like that. You know what I mean? But because I've, I've sent them a few little pictures. I'll check in with them from a set. And, you know, it's like it's like if you haven't ever been there, that doesn't mean anything really unless you're there. So I think that's how they would describe it. Mommy's just doing some kind of acting. Sometimes she has on costumes. <laughs> Do you have any final words of wisdom? Let's see. Wisdom? Not really. I mean, I'll just hopefully be continuing to follow on this path. If I, if I happen to inspire someone to take that little nudge to just give something a try that maybe has been scaring you a little bit, it's just you just never know where it's going to take you. That's probably my best advice. And always ask for help. That was my first going back to me talking about going to rehab. That was my probably one of my most humbling days was was being like, I can't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. And it taught me a really good lesson that we all can't do life by ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. we need help. I needed help then. I've needed help in other times since. But that was the time when I realized, oh, you can ask for help. And generally someone's going to be there and want to help you. Obviously that is not true in all cases in our very brutal world that we live in. But people for the most part, are good. And people, for the most part, want to help you. If you reach out to the right person, um, and you may not find the right person at first, keep trying because there are people that want to help you. And and those are the people that you want in your world. If you go to someone and they don't want to help you, that's not, those aren't your people. You got to have your fan club. Yes. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it really is like the people that you want to be able to call when the, and they just want to be like, yes, ma'am, go. And that you can do that for them. And there's no sense of jealousy or weirdness or, or that you're feeling like you're bragging. 
You know, yes. I'm like, I just really need to tell y'all about this, you know, and everybody's on board. Yeah. Yeah. Your fan club. Get a fan club. You're in my fan club, Janet. Oh, yeah. And I'm in yours. Like, Damn so that's right what I'm talking are. about. I know. So it's like, you get it. Like, you're absolutely in my fan club. I am absolutely in your fan club. All I want to do is like prop you up, you know, and help you keep going. Feelings mutual. Feelings 100% mutual. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Emily, for being my guest this week. You know how much I flip and love you. I will be in your fan club forever and ever. I know you will be in my fan club forever and ever. Everyone, get yourself a fan club. This industry is insane. It's fickle. It's demoralizing. It's rough. You need people who support you, who treasure you, and back you up. They are out there. Go find them. We'll be those people. Join this community. I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye. Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Bye!